You are listening to Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. Well, we've been in the Prophetic Summit, and it's been good. It's been really good. It's been encouraging. And I think one of the um, best, we're going to bring them up here in a minute. We'll get out of the way. But one of my favorite moments was Friday night, just the realization they were prophesying over a married couple. And just hearing, hearing God's view. Oh, you guys can pass the book. You're so obedient. Thank you. Um, hearing God's view of the husband and the wife. Um, and the, the declaration of their, their purposed identity and what they brought to that relationship. Um, and I, I was just reminded if we could view our spouse with the lenses of how they were created by the Father, I think our marriages would be, would be so much better and fixed. I think, I think it would save you lots of money in marriage counseling. <laughs> so. I've been trying to tell you how great I am. You, you keep telling me. <laughs> Well, we are uh, this weekend, you're in for a treat, and um, I want you just to look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place. Look at the person on the other side and say, yeah, it's you too. You're in the right place this morning. I, I know that's true. We, we have been uh, just having a great weekend. Friday night, we met with uh, leaders in the house, uh, all of those who serve regularly uh, at, at Koinonia is our leadership community, and so... If you want to be invited to leaders meetings, sign up for a team and you'll be a part of our leadership community. And we met with leaders uh, on, on Friday night and then on Saturday morning we met here with uh, about 200 people for a workshop learning more about how God speaks to his people and how we can learn uh, about the prophetic and, and uh, how to flow in that. And then uh, last night we, we gathered uh, in this room for just an incredible meeting. How many of you were here last night? That was an incredible meeting of just soaking in God's presence and hearing from his voice. And so we're just going to continue that this morning. Uh, I want you to know today that it, it's a little bit different format th from what it, it is normally. Uh, and and uh, we've got two guests that are with us that I'm going to introduce to you in just, in just a moment. And uh, they're two pastors that uh, independently minister in two different congregations, one in Texas, one uh, up in Oregon and in Portland. And uh, both of them have uh, strong prophetic giftings, prophetic mantles that are recognized uh, and proven. So this is not just people that, that uh, think that they hear from the Lord and they can say it nicely, but, but people that have been tested over the years, that love the local church, that understand how God wants to speak to his people. Now, in Koinonia, we believe in the prophetic. We're a prophetic church. And that means that we believe that God speaks to his people today, not only in their hearts, but he actually uses people to open their mouths and to speak his word to each other. And you're, I want you to know you're designed to be a prophetic person. You're designed to be the kind of person that speaks God's love, his care, his encouragement, uh, his life, his inspiration into your family, into your friends, into those that are around you. That's what we are called to be as followers of Jesus. Uh, and this morning, what we're going to do is, is we're going to take some time following the model from the New Testament uh, to, to set aside and to hear from the voice of the Lord. Now, it says in Acts, if you look through the book of Acts, you see how the prophetic works within the church. It says in Acts chapter 11 that some prophets came down, I think it was from uh, Antioch to Jerusalem or, or vice versa. Uh, and so there's a tradition that we're following today of recognizing that within the church, thank God the church is more than just Koinonia Church. I mean, I love Koinonia Church. It's the best church. There's no other church. It's better than Koinonia Church, all those kinds of things. But, but, thank God we're not the only church. Uh, and thank God we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And the richness of our uh, faith requires us to draw from many streams and many places. And so today what we get is a treat of being able to draw from two different congregations, two different people that carry prophetic mantles. Uh, and you're going to hear uh, the way that they minister from the Lord. It's going to be beautiful. So I, I just want you to prepare yourself to raise your expectation that the Lord is going to speak to you today. And now, uh, they're going to come. They're going to exhort a little bit. We're going to have actually a couple of people that we're going to minister to specifically on the stage, as you're going to see, uh, who will receive prophetic ministry. And if there's some time, they, they might begin to call some people out. Uh, but we believe the Lord speaks today to his people. And, and the great thing about the way that he speaks to his people is that he speaks to his people for, for encouragement, for edification, for comforting. So today, you're going to be strengthened. Today, you're going to actually, you're going to be reminded that God loves his people 
and that he loves to love on his people. And you're going to see how that works this morning. So today we have uh, Pastor Patrick Kitely with us. Uh, he's originally from Oakland. Uh, he's glowing from the 49ers uh, uh, win last night, the victory. Hopefully he won't say anything about that, uh, but, uh, but we'll forgive him if he does. And uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Patrick is now in Texas at, at Karis Church there in Killeen, Texas. Uh, and he carries uh, an incredible heritage. Uh, he's a son of a pastor, grandson of, of pastors uh, who were very prophetic and very pastoral. And, uh, and he speaks with great authority. He's a great master teacher as well as a, as a prophet. Uh, pastor Jerusha Tanner is here. She's executive pastor at Living Hope up in Beaverton, Oregon. They're next to Portland. Uh, I've sat under the ministry of both of these, uh, both of these people, both under teaching as well as prophetic ministry, and I can tell you they're proven, they're tested when they speak. I can say with confidence that, that they're, they're doing their very best to hear from the Lord, that their agenda this weekend is to love and build this church up, and I so love that. They're, they're prophets that are in a church, and they love the local church. Be wary of prophets that are not in a local church and that don't love the local church, and there's many of them out there. Uh, you want to hear from people who love Jesus and who love his church. Uh, and these two are, are certainly those. So without further ado, I'm going to get them up here. Pastor Patrick, Pastor Jerusha, would you welcome them please this morning as they come? I won't say anything about our victory last night. <laughs> but I just want to ask you a question. Would you rather have a commitment to excellence or a commitment to winning Super Bowls? So there's this lady, and she got married to her fourth husband. And a news reporter came out, and she was in her 80s, and he went, came to her, and he was just really curious. You know, this is your fourth husband. What does he do for a living? And she said, well, he's a funeral director. And now the newspaper guy was really curious. And she said, well, what did your other husbands do? She said, well, my first husband was a banker, and we had a lot of money. It was great. My second husband, he was a circus ringmaster. And it was just a party all the time. We went everywhere. My third husband, he was a pastor. <clears throat> he pastored a small community church, and it was just a beautiful church, and we just had a wonderful time. And so by now, the newspaper guy was really curious. He's like, these guys are all different. How did you marry these guys? And she said, well, I married one for the money. <laughs> and two for the show. And three to get ready. And four to go. I'm just trying to see if somebody's awake up in here. Amen. Well, it's an honor to be in this house. <laughs> you got to have fun in the house of the Lord. We have enough sour faces, all right? That's religiosity. I believe my Jesus, he, he, he had a smile on his face. Amen. And, uh, but it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Kerry. And uh, just this house is just wonderful. And you can see the health and the strength in this house with all the generations that are in this house and all of the people groups, the ethnicities, the cultures in this. This is a, a sign of what heaven's going to be like. And so you're just getting a little, every time you get together, you're getting a little taste of heaven in this place. Well, I'm going to share. Here's the game plan. You ready for the game plan? I'm going to share just for a few moments a couple things with you. And, uh, and then we're going to minister prophetically and then see what happens. Does that work? Two people? Okay, good. The rest of us, we'll just wait. We'll just all see what happens the entire time. All right. Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in this room. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We understand even as we prophesy that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so we declare your testimony in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said? Amen. Amen. Well, we, we, we came here this weekend, and right out of the gate, God said, I'm doing a new thing in this house, and I'm moving 
some things from yesteryear out of the way. There's some things that you have been carrying that you don't have to carry any longer because of where you're going. And uh, I was thinking this morning, I was like, I came to church and I was like, I wish I brought a towel from my hotel. And I forgot. And so I was in the back here and there's a baptismal. So you figure anywhere there's a baptismal, there's going to be some towels. And there just happened to be a table with towels that was back there. And so I took one of those. I'll give it back to you. Don't worry. But one of the things I heard the Lord say, and I'm going to share just a couple things with you, is God's about to do a new thing. And he is removing the give up spirit off of people in this hour. He's removing the discouragement and the disappointment and the frustrations off of his people in this hour. And so I had this picture of even some people you just kind of threw in the towel. And it's like, I can't do this no more. I don't think I can handle this anymore. And I saw God just, he said, you know what? He picked it up and he was like, no, no, no. And he gives it back to you. And he says, get back into the game. Get back into the fight. I'm prophesying to somebody here. <laughs> you might have felt like you just, you know what? I can't do this. But God says, yes, you can. Because I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to give you grace. And this is a moment where God, I'll give you the towel back. Where God says, here's a towel. Run with it. Go with it. He doesn't let us just throw in the towel. He's picking it up and he's giving it back to you. And he says, you're not through, baby. I know everything around you has been designed to destroy you and to take you out. Why? Because of the assignment and the purpose of God, the prophetic destiny that's over your life. And every foe would like to try and stop it. But the Spirit of the Lord comes and he says, nope, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Get up and go. And so the Lord says, I'm doing a new thing. Can somebody say new? Now. Can somebody say new? Now, in Isaiah chapter 40, I like the language of the NIV. It says in verse 8 and 9, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. Now, here's your verse. See, can somebody say see? See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. There's an announcement, a prophetic announcement in this moment that yesterday and everything you've gone through is out of the way. And some of us, we just got to look back at yesterday and say goodbye. Whew. Because you got to step into what God has for you today. This is the hour of salvation. This is the hour of deliverance. This is the hour of freedom, declares the Lord. This is the hour where you are going to begin to step into your purpose like you never have before. Yeah. And so here's what the Lord gave me. Is from Ezekiel. You go to Ezekiel chapter 1 and... Ezekiel, and there's so much to Ezekiel, but Ezekiel, his name means strengthened by God. Guess what God's doing right now? There's some people who need some strength. They that, and I love what you did in this service, Pastor Kerry, they that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They'll mount up with the wings as eagles. They'll run and grunt and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. But they that wait. We stood in this time of worship and we just waited. And the word was, God says, I'm going to give you rest. And in that rest, that's where your strength is renewed. Can somebody say renew? In the Hebrew, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The word renew in the Hebrew doesn't just mean to make new. It actually means to exchange. So there's a place where you're waiting on God. Oh, I'm talking to somebody here. Where you step into a prophetic weekend, where you're in a service like this, and there is a divine exchange. 
that takes place. My strength, which is finite. My strength, which doesn't go very far. My strength exchanged for his strength. And his strength, by the way, is made perfect in weakness. So you can sit there and say, I'm weak. Well, guess what? And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the sick say, I am whole. There's a certain point where you have, there's an exchange that takes place. And so the name Ezekiel means strengthened by God. Can somebody say strengthened by God? And you get into chapter 1, and he's down by a river. And at this river, the name of the river is called Shebar, C-H-E-B-A-R. And Shebar means strength. So here you have a prophet who was, and I'm going I'm to speak to somebody up in here. Do, do you move around? Can I move off the stage? You have a prophet named Ezekiel. And the Bible says he was the son of Buzi, B-U-Z-I. What's your daddy name? Buzi. He was a priest. And Ezekiel was born to be a part of the priesthood. But God arrives like Jeremiah, and he says, I'm going to repurpose you now. I'm going to change your occupation. You were trained for one thing, but you were born for another. See, I'm speaking to the church in this hour. God is repurposing the church. This is a major theme right now. He's moving us from war instruments, like Isaiah chapter 2 says, to harvest instruments. You're beating your swords into plowshares and your spears into pruning hooks. And so you're moving from a place where God's repurposing you, where you thought you were going to be a priest all the days of your life. And God says, wait a second. All those classrooms, all those experiences that you've gone through, I'm talking to somebody here. All those ups, those downs, those difficulties, those challenges. You've been in the school of the Spirit, what Andrew Murray calls the school of the Spirit. And you've got your Holy Ghost education. And now God says, you're going to be a prophet. And so here he is. The prophet named Strengthened by God. By a river called strength. Woo. See, guess what? There's a river in this room. And it's called strength. And God in this moment is encountering a company of people who are named strengthened by God. Where does your strength come from? Woo. I lift my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. Where does my strength come from? It comes from the Lord. Here we have a weekend where we are Ezekiel's. And we learn what our, who our source is. The Lord. Strengthened by God down by the river. And all of a sudden, at the river, the heavens open up. And he begins to hear things and see things that he's never seen before. If you read Ezekiel chapter 1, you'll realize that not until now could Hollywood even show us what Ezekiel chapter 1 looks like. Because now we have CGI and AI and all this stuff. Because Ezekiel chapter 1, he starts looking and there are angels flying, cherubims flying through the air. And they have eyeballs, and there's wheels in the middle of the wheel, and they're flying this way and that way and going forth. And he's getting this vision of this heavenly, heavenly dimension that's above his earthly dimension because he is in a place of captivity. He's living in the land of captivity. But he gets a vision, an open vision of heaven. And beyond all the angels, beyond all the, the movement and activity that's going around, all of a sudden, he sees a man in the glory. Ezekiel looks, and he gets a vision of Jesus on the throne. You see, if you're going to make it in this day and age, 
If you're going to live in a Babylonian culture, guess what? You, the only way you're going to make it is you got to get a vision of Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Woo! Looking unto Jesus that we would see Jesus. All of a sudden, he gets a picture of in the glory of the man in the glory. You see, if you're going to deal with what's going on in the earth, you got to get a picture in the glory. God reveals to you the glory. The glory is the kavod, the weightiness of his presence. The earth shall be filled, Habakkuk said in chapter 2, with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woo! And then you go into Ezekiel. And you look from chapters 2 to 39, and the picture changes. And it moves from the glory to the gory. It's like watching CNN or his evil twin fox. It's okay, you can laugh. And you get an image of the glory, and all of a sudden he looks and he sees all these nations are lining up, and there's judgments and all these words, and you're just sitting there going, my gosh, this is a difficult to even take all this in, the gory that's going on in the earth. How many know that there's crazy stuff going on in the world? The spirit that has been assigned to the United States of America in 2024's name is Division. And division has friends that work with him. Fear, doubt, come on somebody, disagreement, disruption, violence. You go on. There's a whole bunch of friends that work with division. What is the assignment for America to divide this country? Politically, racially. We got to talk straight up in here. I'm not, a, I'm not a politician. Thank you, Jesus. And everywhere I go, I tell people, I'm not red, and I'm not blue. I'm purple. Because we are. Purple's a royal color, and we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people who've been called out of darkness. We are of the politic of light. A city set on a hill whose light cannot be hid. The word city is polos in the Greek that Jesus talked about. And that's where we get the word politic from. So what is our politic? Light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he said, you are the light of the world. So what's your politic? Light. But the spirit of division wants to come into America and divide this. I'm talking the gory here. Divide this country. Destroy this country. Destroy the foundations of this nation and tear it apart. Woo. And so Ezekiel here, he's, he's going through this, these, these things. From Can you imagine chapter 2 through 39? Just terrible story after terrible story. It's just watching the news. That's all it is. And then you get to chapter 40. You see, before you ever can see the gory, you got to have an encounter in the glory. Or you'll misinterpret what's going on in the earth. But there's people that have encounters, and I'm speaking to you on this weekend, who are having encounters in the glory of the Lord. Pursue the presence of God. Can I tell somebody something? If you can hear anything that I'm saying right now, hear this. Pursue the presence of the Lord. Not just at church. It's nice to go to church, but pursue the presence in your car, in your house, Woo! in what you watch, in what you listen to. Huh. Teach your children to pursue the presence of the Lord. Like Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3, let us follow on. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. There's something about pursuit. And this is an hour where we need to pursue the presence of God. And when you get into the presence of God, there is the glory of God. And in the glory of God, ah, there's an amen somewhere. There's a supernatural supply. See, I'm from Oakland, so my Oakland's going to start coming out. 
My, I, I, pre, I pastored a church. It was about 75% African-American, and we like to talk to each other. So you need to talk with me here now. The glory of the Lord is coming into this house. And the glory of the Lord, there's a supply in that place. That's why Paul told the church in Philippi, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. In the glory, there's a supernatural supply. So if you're looking and you're, you have needs and you have lack and you have want, get into the glory. Because guess what's going to happen? Answers are going to come. Solutions are going to come. God's going to come. Promotion is going to come. Can I speak to a company of people who've been faithful, you've been working, and the Lord speaks a word of promotion to you? I'm prophesying. Somebody's got to grab this now. Because the promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, or the east, the Scripture says, but it comes from the Lord. And he is the promoter, P, capital P, promoter. He's the one who gives you promotion, not man. And God comes even in this point to give you promotion. Somebody take that. And so here's Ezekiel, strengthened by God, gets a picture of the glory, then all of a sudden gets to see all the glory. Whoo! And then he gets to chapter 40. And God says, I'm giving you the remedy. And it's the very first episode of MTV Cribs. God takes Zeke. Sorry, I called him Zeke. You, you, do you feel like you know some of the people in the Bible? You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like Moses, that's Mo. <laughs> Dave, that's Dave right there. What's up, Abe? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Money P. It's Apostle Paul. Okay. Um, but here's Ezekiel, and God takes him on a tour of the remedy. Can somebody say the remedy? Can somebody say the glory? The glory and the remedy. He takes him on a trip, and he's like, this is the remedy for what's going on in the earth. It starts right here in the house of God. He takes him on a tour of the temple. And he begins to see all the dimensions and all the inner workings. And he begins to see the, 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 the wardrobes of the priests. And he walks him around. There's just so many details to it. It's, it's unbelievable. But he gives him this entire tour of the remedy. And that's the house of the Lord. This is not just a church. This is a remedy for what's going on in Hanford and this entire region. God's called this house to be a remedy. You see, you're not just going through the motions of just having church. But you come in here, let me give you a secret, and this is a fueling station. You come here and you get fueled up, you get equipped, and then you go out during your week and everywhere you go, you spread the knowledge of Christ and you release the glory of God and you release miracles in your, in your community, in your neighborhood, in, with, with, with all the people that you know. This is what this is, the church is all about. It's the place where the remedy lies. Jesus still loves his church. And he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And so that was his plan, not our plan. Men have messed up the church. And flesh has messed up the church. And religiosity has messed up the church. But Jesus says, guess what? I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, let me move, let me move, let me move. And so, you get into Ezekiel 40 and through 48... And he shows him the remedy. But you get to chapter 47. This is a very familiar verse. Because we've been talking about a river here, right? And out of the temple. Somebody say, out of the temple. See, rivers are not supposed to stay in the temple. If the water stays all in this room, we all drown. But it has to go out. And let me prophesy over this house that the river of God that's in this house is about to go out. And like the scripture says in Ezekiel 47, Everywhere the river goes, it brings life. Can somebody say that? Everywhere the river goes, it brings life. That's like hip-hop right there. 
Everywhere the river goes, it brings light. Somebody, people are like, where did they get this guy from? I'm from Oaktown, yeah, yeah. But now I'm from Texas. Y'all, everywhere the river goes, it brings light. So here prophetically, I'm going to give you a picture here, and then we're going to start prophesying. Close my Bible so I don't look at anything. Get any extra thoughts. We're at the front of the temple at the door. This is where the river begins to flow out. And the angel of the Lord comes, and I'm prophesying over this house today. And he measures out the first measurement, a thousand cubits. And the waters are what? Ankle deep. And that's not enough. Some people are content in their relationship with God to stay ankle deep. Splash around the water a little bit. Oh, that water feels good. But you got to go deeper. And so the angel measures out the next thousand cubits. And what again? The waters are knee deep. Somebody's going to catch this in a minute. <laughs> and here you are, but that's not enough. Can somebody say that's not enough? So the angel, and this is, this is representing this house, seasons, time frames, decades. The further you go, the deeper it gets. And he measures out the next thousand cubits, and it's waist deep. I want you to hear me. So what do we have? One, two, three. The further we go, the deeper it gets, and the deeper it gets, the less we are seen. Because we're becoming one with the river. And here's where you are in this moment. The angel of the Lord is here this weekend. And he's measuring out the next season. And the next season, can somebody take this? is an exponential step. Because the next measurement, a thousand cubits, turns into waters to swim in. Well, you become one with the river. But I said it's an exponential step. Can somebody say exponential? Why is it exponential? Let me prophesy here. It's exponential because in the past, the angel measured out, the angel measured out, the angel measured out. One, two, three. But the next one, because that three, first three covered half the body. But the next step is exponential. It's going to cover the entire body. And it's going to be waters to swim in. So here's the word of the Lord to you today. What took three? To cover half is now only going to take one. I promise. I, oh. Can I put a thus saith the Lord on that? What took three in energy, in people power, in resources, in finances is now only going to take, somebody put your finger up, one. You're entering into the era of one. God is bringing this church as one. There's a supernatural unity that is about to take place in this house because you're going to be, put your finger up, one. When Peter and John went to the gate beautiful and they raised up the lame man, everybody knew because the Bible says he was a certain lame man. And everybody that went into the temple, they had to pass the certain lame man and they would throw gold and silver at him to appease their religious conscience as they went into the temple. But Peter and John show up and say, silver and gold have we none. We're not going to give you the same old, same old that everyone that's going to church has been given you. But in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And they went walking and leaping and praising God. 
He was having a party. And then all of a sudden, woo, when this man got healed, 5,000 people were saved. Woo. On the day of Pentecost, just a couple days before, 3,000 got saved by the outpouring of the Spirit. But by one, what's your finger up? One miracle. How many miracles does it take to change, change Hanford? How many miracles does it take to start a revival? One. You're moving into the era of one. It's an exponential step. And what used to take three, one, two, three, is now only going to take one, says the Spirit of the Lord. For the Lord declares over this house acceleration in the ministry, but also acceleration in your lives. This is going to be the greatest year of fulfillment that you've ever known before. You have prophecies that have been declared over this house. And God says, because of the time that we're in, it requires quick works. And I'm going to start doing some quick works in this house, says the Lord, and it's going to change everything. So are you ready? Can somebody say, I'm ready? Are you ready to see God move? Not just in here, but out there. Because everywhere the river goes, it brings life. Can somebody say that? Everywhere the river goes, it brings life. One more time. Everywhere the river. Starting now. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? Lord, make us swim. Teach us how to swim. Listen, I'm going to invite up right now uh, Doug Davis, if you would come up, please, and Manny and Tyree Paredes. We're going to minister to them. Uh, these are some leaders in the house that are changing seasons, and uh, we wanted to take a little time and love on them. Doug, why don't you sit right there? Manny and Tyree, where are you at? Come on, come on, come on. That was good stuff, huh? You guys ready to hear what God wants to say to some individuals? But it's not just for you, it's for everybody, right? So God, we're saying right now, release your good word for these amazing people. And just let this seal what you've done here this weekend. Uh, this morning I got a text message from a friend of mine who her father-in-law goes to our church, and he's a 96-year-old man. He's been in our church his whole life. Our church is over 100 years old, uh, which is wild. There's some stories. And we all call him Caleb. He's raised these four just incredible sons. Two of them are missionaries, one in Africa, one in Mexico. And he fell yesterday, and he got hurt. And so she was asking for prayer for him. And I, I just sense that there is a spirit of Caleb on you. Uh, I just sense that actually you're one who's gone into the land ahead and you've recognized that there's enemies, but you've also recognized that there's promise. And this is a season of you coming back to the people of God and beginning to report uh, what God is about to do and where God is about to take the people of God. You have a scouting anointing. You have a go first anointing. And God has sent you into places and given you victory because you're supposed to come back and you're supposed to declare to the people of God that the places God is calling them to place their feet are takeable and attainable. And I, I just sense that actually there's this revelation thing in you, but God is about to shake some things in this region. God is about to go after some, some big enemies, some historic enemies, even in this place. And there is a grace on you to lead the charge in this way. And I believe that even today you are a man of 
great faith. But I believe today God wants to come and increase your faith, which feels really strange to me because you are a man of great faith. But I believe God wants to uh, put a mountain level anointing on you, a mountain eating anointing on you. Actually, you're going to have teeth just like in the book of Isaiah that you're going to be a mountain eater. You're going to be known in this house as a mountain eater. And there are, there are some enemies, like this weekend has been amazing and God has gone after so many things, but there are some enemies to Koinonia getting where God is calling Koinonia to go. And right now, a spirit of faith, a spirit of we can go in and possess the land is beginning to fall on you. There is not going to be in this house a spirit of the other spies. There's going to be no negative report in this house. Actually, there has been an assignment against pastors in this house of a negative report. And even you're going to be one who is going to silence the voice of criticism, silence the voice of evaluation, silence the voice that would speak evil of leadership. And we say right now in the mighty name of Jesus that this is going to be a house of good report. In fact, if there is any spirit of negativity in you towards leadership in this house, right now you need to repent or you need to leave because this is a house where we're all in this together. In fact, this is a Psalm 133 kind of house where the brothers dwell in unity and you're a unifying factor. In fact, I see you rallying the people to unity, calling the people to unity, and then saying, we can take this land. We can take this promise. We can go here. We can move out and attack. So I bless you. I bless the spirit of faith that's in you. And even that exponential word, let it be exponentially increased in you in this hour. And may you lead the charge that says, let's go and take the land. Amen. God bless you. Um, this is not a time of retirement. This is a time of refirement. There's a fire that's in you, man of God. And this is not, you're not just one who's just going to sit on the sidelines. You're going to jump, but you're going to be in the game. And I just see that the season that you're in, this is a time of impartation. There's a wealth and a history that is necessary for this moment. When I saw you walking up the stage, I heard the Lord say, this is one of the most important people in this entire region. In the spirit, you are powerful. There's a word that's in your mouth, even you teaching the word of the Lord, and a revelation that's going to come out of you to groups of people that's going to be so powerful. You, have a, you are an encourager. You're one. You, if I sat down and just looked at your resume and everything that you've done and been a part of, it's going to be astonishing. But I heard this, and I'm just going to throw this out there, just kind of a prophetic question, what if kind of question. What if you've only fulfilled 60% of what God has called you to do? What if in these next years, over these next, I don't know what it is, decade, couple decades, whatever God has, there's an acceleration of fruit. You are one who wants to bear fruit. You're a fruit checker, and you want to make sure that there's fruit, and you don't want to just step into something haphazardly. You, you, you are very focused, and, 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 and this is a time frame in your life where I just see God saying, I'm going to cause an acceleration to take place. Like I said, there's no retirement. There's no sitting on the sidelines. You're going to move in a whole new dimension. And so even today, the Lord comes, and he gives you strength, like Caleb. She mentioned Caleb. What did Caleb say? I'm as strong today as I was when we came out of Egypt. And that strength is inside of you. And God comes to fortify you and strengthen you for this journey in this time. There's a gift of wisdom that God has given you that to speak into young people, young couples, that is so powerful. And sometimes you're wondering, how in the world can I talk to them just the way you talk all the time, naturally? 
Because when you start talking and flowing, it's like a river that comes out of you. And I'm going to give some advice to some young people in this room, some 20s, 30s, who are looking to, you're trying to find wisdom. You're trying to move to the next. Here's somebody you need to chase down and make an appointment with and take him to lunch, pay for it. And we're just talking practical stuff here because there's a pastoral anointing that still rests on this man of God and he loves the sheep and he loves people. And I'm telling you, there's a word that he has for you. So make sure you do it because it's powerful. Somebody say yes. And so right now, we just thank you for this mighty man of God. I thank you for the special grace that rests upon him. I thank you, Lord God, that even in this season, you're going to fulfill his desires. And I just see the Lord just even answering your prayers. There's some prayers, even generational prayers that you're praying. And the Lord just reaches into the generations because of you. And he says, I'm causing touch. I'm touching different ones right now. Hard heads. Runners who've been running away. <laughs> ones who know the truth, but they're running from the truth. And God says, I'm going to cause your prayers to be answered, and you're going to see it with your eyes, and you're going to rejoice because God says, household, generational, salvation. And God calls them back now in Jesus' name into the fold with joy they shall draw from the wells of salvation. God bless So I'm from Oregon. Don't let it count against me. Uh, Oregonians are just as prideful as Texans, honestly. Uh, we think that we're the descendants of people who traveled from the East Coast in covered wagons, and barely any of them made it, and that small group of Oregon trailers, they made Oregon happen. Like, I'm not even technically, like, my mom's from Canada and my dad's from Texas, but I claim it. Uh, but the minute you sat down, I just heard the word trailblazers over your life. You are a pioneering couple. You actually are trailblazers, even in your family, even in your families of origin. You are pioneering new ground, new land. But Pastor Patrick started this morning and he said, behold, God is making all things new. And in that scripture in Isaiah, it says that when he does this new thing, what he does is he makes a way in the wilderness. See, for the river to go out there, there's people who have to make a way for the river to go in the wilderness. And you are way makers. It's even like that's your song. Way makers, miracle workers. And I just believe in this hour that you are a couple who are going to blaze the trail for the miraculous and the supernatural and the new thing God wants to do in this house. In fact, you guys are ambassadors of the newness God wants to bring. Even how you do marriage, even how you talk, even how you think. It's not churchy. It's not like how other people think, talk, because God has created you to make a way where there hasn't been a way before. You're going to carve out a path. It's almost like you don't have a shovel. It's almost like you have a bulldozer, and you're going out there into the wilderness, and you're pushing dirt out of the way for the river to get to this part of the city, and for the river to get to that part of the city, and for the river to get to that, this person and that person. And there is a company of trailblazers who's coming up behind you. And I believe that God even wanted me, uh, this is weird, but I believe that God wants to anoint you with wildness. I think not, I mean, submitted, lovely wildness. But I believe that a spirit of boldness, I believe a spirit of creativity, I believe a spirit of unusual ways of doing things. I believe even your lexicon is going to be different than the lexicon of people in the church. You're almost going to have a different language. Not that you don't have the DNA of the house, but this is what you understand. If you talk churchy, you can only reach churchy people. Your lexicon has to be one that moves dirt out of the way. I even hear that song, God forgive me, but I hear that song. Move, move, get out of the way, get out of the way. And there is an anointing on you to move 
some dirt. There is an anointing on you to bulldoze some things that are keeping people from the river. And so we say right now a spirit of wildness, a spirit of boldness. It's almost like you came to church and you became different people. And God said, didn't I make you exactly as I needed you to be, to be trailblazers? And I just believe that something's Something's uncorking here, even in the people God's going to bring in. It is about to get wild. It's about to get unpredictable, but in a submitted safe. So all of that way. But so we say, come on, God, let your Holy Spirit fire begin to burn in this couple. For you were created to blaze a trail. You're created to go places other people haven't been. Um, I see you working uh, with gang members. That's I don't even know what this is about. I don't even know what. But here we go. I actually see you getting into hearts that nobody else can get into and God putting you in places that are closed to the gospel and you are moving the dirt out of the way and the river's even going to start going there. Uh, young men, there are young men who would never set foot in a church. There are young women who would never set foot in a church that God is going to use you to move the dirt so the river flows there and they're going to follow you here. Trailblazers, wild ones. You're the wild ones. Let this be your song. Move, move, get out of the way, get out of the way. The king is coming to town. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was good. Sorry, sometimes uh, there's an entertainment value to prophetic ministry. I was waiting to prophesy over you. I saw you. You were there Friday night, and I saw you, and you were one of the ones I was like, we're going to get to them. And I didn't know when, how, what, where. You're the last one of the sets of the whole weekend, so God has a way. You're people of great heritage. You're people with an amazing testimony, an amazing story. Now, let me interview you for a second. When you come to, what church do you, what service do you come to? Come to first, where do you sit? Where? Show me. Right there? Right in front of the camera? Where the, that's where you kind of sit? Okay, well, I'm asking you that because it's time to move forward. Now, you all are humble people, and you'd probably rather sit even further back. And you're okay with, you're okay with the shadows. But let me tell you something. God's raising up yet another layer of leadership in this house. And he's identifying them in this next season. This is one of the times, or there can be other times, but he's identifying another layer of leaders in the house. And when you two of you, I saw you on, 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 on Friday, I saw you. I didn't see you because he's a lot taller um, in the middle of the crowd. But now I saw two of you, and the word leadership is written over you. And mentorship is written over you. And you're going to lead, and you're going to mentor people in the ways of the Lord. It's the Isaiah 2 scripture, where they'll come to the house of the Lord, and he will teach us of his ways, and we'll walk in his paths. And you're going to teach people his ways. I see your home flooded with a whole bunch of people and you're just teaching the word of the Lord and you're breaking bread with people and you're showing them that this is normal Christianity. This is not just a religious experience that and going through the motions. You've seen that. You've seen a bunch of religiosity and it's turned you off. And imagine how much it's turned a whole lot of other people off. And so you're just going to have like almost like your group just needs to be called the the, the cave of Adullam, where the discontent <laughs> and the disrupted and the disturbed and the de-churched and the unchurched. I call them the nuns, the duns, and those on the run. They're going to come to your to you, and you're going to have such an attraction. That's why you brought up even the LGBTQ and different people. And you're going to have an influence on people that have been burned and hurt in the house of the Lord in different places because of religiosity. And so you're going to have 
a restoration type anointing. Woman of God, there is a, a prophetic mantle that rests on you. And you are a seer. And you see things. And you see things that are on people's lives. And the Lord says, I'm, I'm anointing you to, and I'm loosening your tongue to be able to speak the word of the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to back your words up. And not one of your words, like Samuel, is going to fall to the ground, but you're going to speak a word to somebody, and it's going to just literally pull roots out of them of bitterness and pain and hurt. People who've been victimized, people who've been sexually abused and verbally abused, you're going to have such a sensitivity. You're just going to be not even just in church and not even at your house, but just everywhere. And God's just going to just cause that gift to just open up now. And it's just going to cause freedom to come into people's lives. The Lord says, I'm causing blessing to come upon the two of you in a mighty way. And so this is, it seems like all the other seasons have been preparatory. All your experiences in life have been preparatory for now. You, this is your, your education's been different than what you could imagine, but this has all been an education for now. For man of God, there's a spirit of wisdom that's resting upon you. Whoo! Let me. I'll, I'll give a little teaching here. There's a difference between a gift of wisdom and a spirit of wisdom. The spirit of a thing is greater than the gift of a thing. Jesus didn't flow in gifts. Gifts were for, are for times and seasons and moments. But the spirit of a thing is something that someone walks in and moves in. And in Revelation, it says that the seven spirits are being released into the earth. And one of them that rested upon Jesus was the spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of wisdom is resting upon you. You wonder why people come to you and they ask you questions that you don't even want. <laughs> why are you asking, miss? And they're telling you things about their life, and you're not even asking to hear what they're telling you about. But they just feel safe near you and both of you. And so they can just spill their guts and tell their gruesome stories. And and and, and all of a sudden, out of your mouth is going to come a word of wisdom that's going to settle them and set them in the right direction. It's almost like you are a Holy Spirit chiropractor where you're just going to bring people into alignment and adjustment into who they are and to whose they are and into their purpose in life. For the Lord says, I brought you like Esther to the kingdom for such an hour as this. You are a part of a company of people that God is raising up in this house who are going to do church differently than we've ever, ever, ever seen before. Because church is moving out of the building and it's moving into the community. Like I said earlier, this is the fueling station and you are a prototype couple of what God is doing in this house and in this hour in the earth. And so we bless you now, and i got to get the oil, and we anoint you with a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. For the Lord declares in this house, come stand with me, Pastor Jerusha. He declares in this house that this is going to be a season of recovery. This is a season of recovery, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Carrie. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Sometimes we don't feel like we have the energy to pursue, let alone overtake, let alone recover all. But the word of the Lord says it's a time of recovering all. And so even the discouragement of the last seasons and some of the losses that you felt in different things. God's exchanging them for wins now. And the enemy's tried to have his way and move things around and even cause you to just say, what are we doing? Where is this going? <laughs> we didn't sign up for this one. But the Lord says, I'm replacing the question marks in this house with exclamation points. It's like, it's like Numbers chapter 13 where God calls Moses to call forth the spies to the land, and there's a young man, his name's Hosea, the son of Nun. And Hosea means God is my salvation, but Hosea, Hosea is a question mark. God is my salvation. And right before they go into the promised land, Moses has the wherewithal to change his name from Hosea to Yeshua, Joshua, and it was the same meaning, God is my salvation, 
But it turned from a question mark into an exclamation point because the power is in the punctuation. So it moved from God is my salvation to emphatic God is my salvation. And God's removing the question marks in this house, in this season. One of the things I heard the Lord say was that your children are going to be worshiping with you in the house of the Lord. And every assignment of the enemy to take them out, take them down, move them, whatever, the Lord's saying, I'm going to do the work. You just sit back and relax and watch me work because it's going to be powerful. You have a power team. Huh. You have a power team that God has given you. And so today the Lord just causes even a, a, a word of encouragement to be released upon you in this season. The future is already set. Huh. The future is already in play. And all of the players that God's bringing to the table are so powerful. It's so amazing. And so even today, there's a refreshing that's coming to you. You were prophesying over yourself this morning when you said just open up your arms and just let the rest of God come upon you. This is a season of shalom. This is a season of Sabbath. This is a season, like you said, of rest that's coming upon you. And you're going to find that the more you rest, the more gets done. And so he takes the burdens off. And I'm not saying there's trouble, but guess what? Huh, you got to pray for your pastors. But I'm saying God's making some adjustments in the spirit because of where this thing is going. Do you realize that this, that, that, that this house is about to move into prophetic fulfillment? You had prophets come in here last year. You have some here. You probably had some before. And there are many great words that have been spoken over this house. How many have heard them? Four people. I said, put your hand in the air. How many have heard the prophecies over this house? There you go. And so God says, now you're moving into a time from an acceleration. We said this. What took three now takes one. And so you're moving into acceleration. And with the acceleration comes the warfare. But guess what, baby? Ha! Guess what? There's something happening. Even in the middle of the warfare where you realize we wrestle not with flesh and blood. There's principalities and powers that don't want this to happen. So somebody in this place has to push it back in Jesus' name. Can somebody get your hand up and push it back? Come on, push it back in Jesus' name, every enemy, every foe. And so we declare blessing over you even this time. It's an honor, privilege to just get to know you and to just, these are, this, is, this is as pure as it gets. And this is just wonderful. Amen. Do you have anything? Amen. So, hasta la vista. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Let's just stand to our feet together. You guys want to stand up? Wow. Let's just, uh, I, I want to encourage you, and we're going to clap our hands together to establish what the Lord has declared this morning over the house, over these individuals. Uh, and, uh, and as we clap our hands together, I want you to do it with force, with power. We're saying, yes, God, do all of these things. Let's do it right now. Just bow your head just for a moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word of life, for, for your encouragement today that's in the house. Thank you for the strengthening that we have received. Lord, we hear your voice. We thank you that you're a God who sees, who understands, who knows, who comes close to us. Lord, even right now, I declare a blessing over your people. 
the people of this house, the people of Koinonia Church, Lord, that they would know you, that they would see you, that they would be strengthened by you. Lord, I pray that you would pursue them and follow them. I pray as they wake up in the morning, your presence would be there with them. As they go to, the, to bed at night, Lord, as they lay their head on the pillow, they would be aware of your presence. I pray that there would be the reality of you, God, walking with them day by day, moment by moment. Wherever there is lack, we speak right now, fullness and sufficiency, that there is nothing that we lack in Jesus Christ. Healing for broken bodies, wholeness for minds that are struggling. We pray confidence in place of doubt and fear. In the name of Jesus, make these people the head and not the tail. Give them grace and favor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can join us in person on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. or online at the same times, including Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. Visit our website at kchanford.com. Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all.